It is Friday, March 31st. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Opening day in the books. And the mean green cut down the nets. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. A successful opening day. I got to be honest. I'm enjoying baseball. The new rules were a hit, AJ. It's also Final Four weekend. We crowned an NIT champion. But yes, Major League Baseball is the Vegas lead. You said you enjoyed, you're enjoying baseball. What would you think of the new rules? I, 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 I mean, I guess some of them I didn't notice. Like, I, there was only a couple times where I noticed the shift. And there were some, some teams are working a way around it. They're bringing a right fielder to play in super, super shallow on the grass or, uh, or excuse me, a left fielder to bring play in super, super shallow, or they are putting like the second baseman will be playing even with the bag as close to the, uh, yeah, the shortstop has to be on the, on the, the, you have to have both infielders on both sides of the bag. But we saw, like, I was watching the Yankee game. Brandon Crawford was literally, like, as close as you can right get there. to second base without being behind the bag, yep. which you're not allowed to be. So I, I, I noticed that a little bit. But that to me, it didn't impact things much. I'll tell you what. I didn't the, see many hits that were hits that would have been out into the shift. Maybe, like, one couple. I saw a couple in the Astros game. Okay. Uh, but the, the pace of play was so great. And it was... I know there's some people who are like, I, and I actually heard this argument yesterday. If I take my family to the ballpark and I pay, you know, a family of four, I pay $400 for a day at the ballpark. I want more than a two and a half hour game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> like, I, I, like, if you take a family of four to the ballpark, typically, like by the eighth inning, your kids are bored. They want to leave. Oh, sure. You know, like something's going you on. You can't like, show up late now anymore, though. No. Because you used to be able to show up late and you'd still be in the first inning. I agree. And now you show up late, it's the third inning. <laughs> but I love how fast these games were going. I love the, that there were pitchers who were very cognizant of the pitch clock, and you could tell they were working quickly. And they, they're finding a new rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, it was a really enjoyable product to watch. And I, I probably watched good chunks of about four or five different games uh, I started with the Yankees game and Garrett Cole, obviously. And maybe a part of this could be a lot of the games I, were, I was watching were having very successful pitching outings. Yeah, a lot uh, of good Ga- pitching. Garrett yesterday. Cole was one of them. And then I watched Tampa play. And uh, Shane, McClanahan. Shane McClanahan was great. Well, so so was his counterpart, I should mm-hmm. say, for most of the game. Uh, but Then I watched the Astros and the White Sox where both pitchers were dominant. Uh, the Braves game was a little long. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, Braves game ran a little long because the Red Sox Orioles. There was a, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of putting bat on ball in those games, but overall, it was an enjoyable day. And may, I don't know if I'll be saying the same thing two months from now, but through one day of baseball, I'm interested enough that I'll watch again tomorrow. And I paid for the package for the month, so I'm gonna watch as many games as I can this month. Uh, and if I'm still enjoying it, guess what? I'll be watching next month, too. I have my complaints. This is maybe a little off topic. Okay. 
what the hell is this, Las Vegas? We're blacked out of six different it's, teams. It's, it's an issue. It's been an issue. MLB, we, MLB TV, you're, they black out uh, literally six teams. It's the Dodgers, the Angels, the Padres, the Diamondbacks, uh, the A's, and, and the, the Giants. Giants. Cannot watch. We're not within four hours of any of those stadiums. But I will say, I will <laughs> say, th- I, I will say this: you, the cable providers here in Vegas do have NBC Bay Area. So you do get Giants games and A's games. So you can watch it on your uh-huh. regular cable provider. Like I, I stream. So I have like a, a streaming service. I, I I was able to watch the the Yankee game on the NBC uh, Bay Area, right? Okay. And then I had to lower, I had to turn the volume off and then listen to John and Susan on the radio. But then I found the workaround and I was able to get the okay. Yes Network. <coughs> VPN. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> Um, <laughs> that's an option yeah. I'm looking so, into right so, now, honestly. Uh, um, yeah, and but like we don't, I don't think we get, we don't get like an Arizona channel. Nope, we don't get a San Diego channel. There's no way to watch yeah. these games. That's I, the crazy. I, thing. We like, can't get Sportsnet LA. I don't think. Yeah, or, there, I don't know. If there was a way to watch them, it would make sense. But there's no way to watch them out here. And well, you know what you have to do. And somebody had had tweeted this out, um, and, and uh, I apologize for not crediting them. But a lot of these RSNs now, the regional sports networks, they. Um, they have their own, like like pay pay package that you can buy. Okay, and so like a streaming package. Yes, and so someone like tweeted out about how if you wanted to buy the the Yes Network and then YouTube TV or except Hulu you can't use YouTube or whatever anymore. whatever it was. So okay, this is it. Uh, Joe um, Joe Pompliano. Okay, uh, guy's got like 500,000 Twitter followers. He tweeted this out. Cord cutting has gone off the rails. Say you're a New York sports fan, Giants, Knicks, Yankees, etc. You want to watch also Ted Lasso and F1 Drive to Survive. You'll need to have YouTube TV, $876. The Yes Network, $200. MSG Network, $310. Apple TV, $70. And Netflix, a year if you want to watch. Yeah. $1,700 a year. And that's like more than I remember paying for DirecTV when I had DirecTV. That doesn't include like Netflix or or, or Or Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, yeah. He did say Netflix. Hulu. Oh, he did say, okay, I'm sorry. Paramount Plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You you got plenty of stuff. I want to watch Yellowstone. Let me get get my Paramount Plus on. Uh, You want to watch Amazon something, whatever. We're spending two G's a year on just streaming. Like, I understand the whole idea was like cord cutting's the way to go. Everyone's gonna get rid of cable. No, I want to go back to the old system. Get a guy into my house to let him screw the thing into the wall and give me every channel. Make America great again. <laughs> make make TV affordable again. That's what we should do. You know, all this on-demand shit. Oh, my goodness. But I did find a way to watch the S Network. And, in fact, I missed the Aaron Judge home run. So I watched the top of the first inning on the NBC Sports Bay Area, Giants broadcast. Shout out John Miller, legendary. And then I got the Yes Network finally for the bottom of the first. Missed the judge home run. Was able to rewind it and watch it, though. And then we got the John Sterling call, which I tweeted out. So if you guys didn't get the uh, impressions that you know we were doing on yesterday's show, go to my Twitter page, at Scott's On Air. Scroll down. I tweeted out the video of the Aaron Judge home run with John Sterling's home run call. Now you understand the reference that we were making. Not making fun of. We were admiring. Mm. 
on yesterday's show. Uh, several players made their Major League debuts, and Major League Baseball did something kind of cool for them yesterday. Uh, or perhaps it was a money grab, like they always are. Every player that made their Major League debut, and it's going to happen all season, got a special patch on their jersey that acknowledged Ooh. making their Major League debut. And then what they're doing is, I believe, Tops is turning it into a special series of cards where, like, that patch is going to be in the card, you know? I like that. That's good for, for all these rookies. Three new Japanese players, now eight in the league. Yeah. Oh, see if I can name them all. That'd wait, wait, wait. Three, three new that made their debuts? Yes. Okay. So uh, let's go with the eight that are in the league right now. So I can say Shohei Otani's one. Yes. Okay. Correct. Okay. You Darvish is two. You got two. That's easy. Now my rookie of the year pick, Marasaka Yoshida. That's three. He debuted today, right? He debuted, yes. My second rookie of the year pick, Kodai Senga. He did not debut. He did not debut, league. but he's in the league. In the league. Yes. So that's four. Yes. That's four Japanese players. Um, okay. Veteran pitcher. Veteran pitcher. Um, uh, Hunjin Ryu. No, no, he's not Japanese. My apologies. Um, veteran pitcher, former Dodger, now twin. Uh, former Dodger, now twin. Oh, I'm blanking here. Kenta Maeda. Kenta Maeda. Yes, good job there. Okay, so that's five. The ready to bail you out whenever you need it. Okay. No, no, no. I think the A's are starting a Japanese pitcher uh, in on Saturday. Yes. I don't know his name. Shintaro Fujinami. Nice okay. Ball, nice I ball. don't know his name. I just know. You're well, at I, six now. Because I impressive. just watched the A's broadcast, so I know that <laughs> they, they were starting a Japanese player on Saturday. All right. Okay. So how many am I at? You're at six, six of I'm eight. At six. So there's two more Japanese players. Okay. Do I get a hint? Position players or pitchers? One of each. A right fielder debuted in 2022 for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, oh, 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 man, everyone loved this guy. Come, Oh, he was a big talk. Motorcycles, Mariners baseball comes to mind when I think of this name. Huh? Motorcycles and Mariners baseball? Yep. That doesn't make sense. It's like the greatest hint of all time, I thought. It was <laughs> like, like Ichiro or? or, 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 or Seiya. Oh, Seiya Suzuki. Suzuki. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seiya yeah. Suzuki. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was very high on Seiya Suzuki coming into the league. And then there's one more, yep. and it's a pitcher. He shares my birthday. And that does not help you in any way. <laughs> no. March 21st. Um, wow. This is the I eighth? say Kakuki. You say Kakuchi. You yeah. say Kakuchi. <laughs> you say Kakuchi. There you go. Right That's picture. The, the eight Japanese days. players. Yeah. All right. Now we go to Koreans. Uh, we got. <laughs> Stop the fight. <laughs> we got Haso Kim. Right. I'll look it up. I'll look it's right. over. It's over. Jin Ryu. Yi Man Choi. Who was, who was uh, Bay for the Pirates? I don't know where he's from, but he runs really, well, really fast. Guess how many there is. How many what? Korean players. Twelve. There's five. Five, that's Ooh. it. Yep. So you probably couldn't name them all. <laughs> I said Haso Kim. Yep. Hun Jin Ryu. Yep. Uh, 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 G-Man uh, Choi. I don't know if he's still in Yes, it. he's there. Oh, yeah, of he course. Okay. G-Man. G-Man's awesome. Now. Oh, he's yeah. not playing on the Pirates now? That's who you're thinking of, probably. No, somebody named, his last name was Bay. Um... All right, I'm not going to name all of them. Who, who do we got? There's somebody named Bay, Jiwon Bay, and then Jiwon Bay. Is he on yep. the Pirates? Yes. Oh, yeah. he yep. runs really fast. And then yes. also on the Pirates, Hujun Park. Okay. There you go. The five Korean and the eight go. Japanese players in the MLB. Pittsburgh, all right. the soul of the Midwest, they call it. 
All right, now black players. So, <laughs> Tim Anderson. <laughs> going to keep going down the list here. Uh, well, all right, let's just, let's get back to the rule changes on opening day. Mackenzie, uh, give me the numbers on the uh, average length of the games on opening day yesterday. Yeah, the average length of the game was two hours and 45 minutes, 18 minutes less than an average game last year, and 27 minutes less than the opening day average last year. Uh, That's good. It ranged from three hours and 30 minutes, Blue Jay Cardinals, to your under pick, which was a breezy two hours and 14 minutes, Tigers Rays. That, was, it, the, that was the quickest game? Tigers yeah, that Rays. was the quickest nice. game, two hours and 14 minutes. Okay. And the stolen base rule, which you called out uh, in the offseason, 21 for 23 today in the MLB stolen bases. That's a lot. That's a lot of stolen bases. What's this, like 1988? It's it's going to happen. Vince, yeah. Col- Vince Coleman 1. and Willie McGee. 1.5 attempts per game. Last, last season, it was less than point. Seven five. So we're double. So yeah, we're up like double. Like yep. yeah, more, we're doubling the steal the, the steal attempts. That's great. At four and a half inches. Now I, I, I think I really think it's a lot of it is the the pitchers not being able to throw over as much as like as well. Yeah, not yeah, being no. able not just throw over, not being able to disengage. Yeah, because if they step <laughs> off the rubber, it counts as one of their one of their disengagements or whatever. Speaking of pitch violations, there were fourteen of them yesterday. Nine recorded by the pitchers. Or the fielders, five of them recorded by the hitters, including Raphael Devers, striking out on a pitch clock violation. They called strike three because he did not get into the box. He, uh, it was, I believe, it it was a one and two count, and he, or did he foul it off? I think he fouled off the pitch, and then the catcher goes back, gets the ball from the umpire throws it to the pitcher, and that's when the clock starts. And so Devers steps out of the box after the foul ball, adjusts his batting gloves, takes a deep breath, steps into the batter's box, the umpire goes, eh, time, violation. That's Strike crazy. three. That's yeah, tough, man, on yeah. strike three. Uh, the the ones that I, like, we talked about this a little on uh, the the Fezzik Focus pod, but that, that Pete Alonzo, like, where he doesn't get back after a foul ball. Like, yeah. These after a foul ball is is the time where I think this is going to be the biggest trouble. That's yeah, because you the clock starts, man. Yeah, the clock starts, and that's what happened. It was a a foul ball in the sixth inning. Pete Alonso did not get back to first base and get ready to to play, I guess. And Jeff McNeil was issued a strike instead of it being an 0-1 count. <laughs> the batter it, it gets punished. It was an 0 count. This is going to kill Prince Fielder if he's still in the league. Uh, he is not, Good. fortunately. Good. But, yeah, you you're right. It would have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's go through some of the uh, more the glaring results that occurred here on the opening day schedule yesterday. The day started with the Yankees getting a uh, relatively easy win over the Giants. My goodness, and- Garrett Cole. Have my a day, go- son. My goodness, Logan Webb. You know, if everyone was you know gushing over Garrett Cole, Logan Webb struck out You're twelve. Right. Yeah, I mean, he gave up a couple of home runs, but like he struck out twelve batters yeah. for the Yankees. Uh, it was like, oh, more, more balls in play. It's going to get exciting. The Yankees were home runner strikeout. <laughs> um, the Braves beat the Nationals. Patrick Corbin does it again and uh, loses again. And the Braves, the the one thing that. The Braves are not happy about here as Max Fried left the game with uh, an apparent hamstring injury. So he was the Cy Young Award runner-up last year, and he's a big, important part of their rotation. And they already started the season with Kyle Wright on the IL. Yeah. So pitching, getting thin 
quickly yeah. uh, in Atlanta. Yep. A uh, fun game between the Orioles and the Red Sox. Adley Rutschman. Can we give this guy the MVP now? Five you- for five, including a dinger as the Orioles held off the Red Sox, let's say, 10-9. Boston surge. This was a 10-5 game in the eighth inning. Or 10, uh, 10 what's my math? 10-4 game. Red Sox scored three in the eighth and two in the ninth to make it 10-9. So nothing ever easy in Major League Baseball wagering. Uh, the Cubs beating the Brewers 4 nothing. Marcus Stroman, who got the first pitch clock violation of the year. Oh, by the way, in that Yankee game, Aaron Judge did it the first home run of 2023. Congratulations. Uh, but Stroman made the first pitch clock violation of the season. So if you want that uh, on your trivia questions or whatever, uh, but he went six shutout innings, striking out eight, and outdueled Corbin Burns, who gave up four runs as the Cubbies won for nothing. Shane McClanahan, my Cy Young pick in the American League, six shutout innings, striking out six as the Rays blanked the Tigers six nothing or four, four nothing. nothing. So much for your uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, this guy is... He pitched he well. Great. He gave him three runs in five innings. I guess it's not even a quality start. The under hit. That's all we care about. The under yeah. hit. Easy. It was a good... Uh, listen, I don't the know what job, you're Edward. talking about. The under did hit, relative, and the under hit easily. Uh, Rangers and Phillies, boy. I mean, was my handicap against Jacob DeGrom spot on or what? DeGrom... The Rangers won. I know what you're talking about. I was celebrating... What a handicap. DeGrom's great. Rangers are going to win. DeGrom gets rocked for five runs in three and two-thirds. At at one point, the Phillies had, I think it was, they had seven hits, and all of them were extra base hits. Like Alec Boehm, two-run home run. And then it was uh, triple after triple, then double after double. This was— Their over-under was two-and-a-half, and they had, what, five multi-base hits? That's useful. Yeah, exactly. They the the team total hit in the third inning. They scored two in the top of the second, two in the top of the third, one in the fourth, one in the fifth. Uh, but let's talk about the fourth inning for a minute here because the you, Rangers you need a ex- <laughs> exploded for a bottom of the fourth inning that lasted a half an hour. So much for Aaron Nola. He's awesome. Was that a quality swing start? The arm. Huh? Swing the arm. Was that a quality start for Aaron Nola? Aaron Nola? Aaron Nola <laughs> ran out of gas in the fourth inning. So this is what really bothered me. And with all due respect to Rob Thompson, who did a tremendous job managing this Phillies team when Joe Girardi got fired, and he earned this job. I get it. He's your ace. But anybody watching that game saw that in the fourth inning, Aaron Nola was running out of gas. And in the bottom of the fourth, it goes uh, single, ground out, single, walk. It's bases loaded. Like, get somebody up in the bullpen and probably get him out of the game. All right, you leave him in the game, he gives up a double. Get him out of the game. All right, you're going to leave him in the game, he gives up a three-run shot. Get him out of the game. All right, you're going to leave him in the game. Hey, at least he made it, got an out, right? Now you take him out of the game. And Gregory Soto, who was the closer for the uh, Tigers last year. he stunk. Who had 30 saves last year. He uh, could not find the plate. Walk, single, walk, and then 
A bunch of runs came in, a couple of pass balls, and it wound up being a nine-run inning for the Texas Rangers. You know what I blame this game? What happened? They closed the roof. Mm. When the roof was open, the Phillies were up 5 nothing. Soon as they closed, really? soon as they closed the roof, Rangers scored nine runs. Hmm. Coincidence? Hmm. Can hmm. they do that? It feels like a competitive advantage. It, it does. Like normally, hmm. I always thought that like if you started the game with the roof open, you had to finish it. But no, I guess like there were there was decide on the fly. Wow. There was uh, weather concerns that they they saw. I that guess they invented a, a storm system was coming in or they, something. It didn't exist before the game. <laughs> and so in the fourth inning, they closed the roof. It took about. I think in like the third inning, it took about an inning for the roof to close because I think it takes like 20 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. for the roof to close. And Aaron Nola, an open air pitcher, everyone knows that's that. what it is. He's wow. an open air pitcher, <laughs> and as soon as they close the roof, that's you know what? Maybe the Rangers couldn't see the ball because of all that sunlight coming that's in. True, and so they made the call and they said, "Hey." We need to close this roof because we can't see. Which, by the way, was like a legit problem in the Cardinals game. There's a, a streak of light between the pitcher's mound Always. and the catcher. Oh, it depends on what time the game is, yeah. And the catcher was what like. What time of year and what time of the game. They're yeah. missing the ball. Like, <laughs> Scary proposition. One of those guys threw a, I think it was Jordan Hicks, threw a pitch that hit his catcher's knee. <laughs> they had to, like, take him out of the game. Like, this dude's throwing 100 miles an hour off the kneecap? Yeah. Like, maybe plan your stadium a little bit better. I don't or know. Don't, or you plan that it's the time of the year and the time it's the time of the day plus the time of the year like the sun's not going to be in the same spot in march 30th at one o'clock in the afternoon than it is in july 30th at one o'clock in the afternoon that's called uh do they have an astronomer on staff? Like astrology yeah, yeah, lunar yeah. calendar astronomy yeah i took you it twice got to be both times you don't remember when galileo galileo was like formulating the major league baseball schedule <laughs> and he was like the sun is not gonna be overhead pernicus <laughs> had a lot of good ideas but let me tell you third yeah. base <laughs> uh moving along the twins blanked the royals two nothing pablo lopez with a nice day uh, in his uh twins debut mets beat the marlins 5-3 max scherzer Locked in as he went six innings, did give up three runs, but he struck out six. And uh, Sandy Alcantara, the reigning Cy Young Award winner, he gave up three runs in five and two-thirds. The big story coming from this game, though, in typical Mets fashion, before the season even started, they announced that Justin Verlander was going on the I.L. Well, they didn't have Jacob deGrom to announce. so Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And it was like, it wound up being, look, deGrom got shelled. But it wound up being like a Mets fan's like, you already lost Edwin Diaz. Jacob DeGrom is starting opening day for another team. And one of your aces is now on the IL before he even steps foot on a mound in a regular season game for you. It was just like. It's already shaping up like an exactly, average Mets season. Exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, opening day. Here's the first pitch. And the season's over. <laughs> uh, the Pirates beat the Reds 5-4. Game barely goes over. But, hey. It goes over because every game in the Great American Ballpark goes over. Blue Jays, you mentioned the Cardinals. What a fun game between the Blue Jays and the Cardinals. 10-9, the final score here. Just a scoring every inning. Like, this was one of those games where it was, like, fun to watch because there was only, I think, one inning that didn't feature a run scored. Yeah. So, you wanted to watch a game? Like, man, fun game to watch between the Blue Jays and the Cardinals. Toronto uh, scores two in the top of the ninth to take the lead. And uh, St. Louis could not respond in the bottom of the ninth. It is a blown save for Ryan Helsley. That's, you know, keeping track of those. Remember, I said closers are going to be affected by this pitch clock stuff. So I don't know if he was, but 
At least I was right about going to be blown saves this year. Uh, the White Sox beat the Astros 3-2 as uh, both pitchers pitched really well. If you had a first five under, guess what? No runs. Dylan Cease winds up giving up a run on a Jordan Alvarez bomb. Yeah. Uh, well, Dylan Cease didn't give up that run. Oh, okay. No. Uh, D- Dylan Cease gave up the run that scored on a uh, on a wild pitch by the uh, right. Alvarez homered in the ninth. Yeah. Yes. Al- but Alvarez. Oh my God. That, I don't know if that ball's landed yet. Yeah. Yeah. They were t- like they. It's funny. I was watching the announce team was talking about his injured hand. And as soon as they say it, he crushes a ball like to the upper deck in right field. <laughs> like, looks like his hands all right now. And yeah, that was a smash piece. But I, I watched this whole game. Dylan Cease is filthy, filthy, filthy good. And yeah. Fromber was really good today too. Mm-hmm. He was overshadowed because like Dylan Cease, the first guy got on base, Jeremy Pena. And then he, he got out, like, I don't know, 14 guys in a row. Uh, he just shut it down. On He made the Astros lineup look like the A's. It was <laughs> it was impressive, uh, to say the least. Yeah, great pitching matchup. And then the White Sox. And a Sox. blown save for Ryan Presley. Oh, you see? Or I guess maybe not a blown save because he was 1-1 when he came in. So, yes. But he, he, yes. He, loses, he takes the L. But a lot of these closers aren't really used to tie games. They, you know, it's, it's a whole thing. Uh, else- How about this? Just don't let runs score. Just don't let runs <laughs> score. Exactly. Um, elsewhere, you know, the Rockies uh, hit a bunch of home runs because that's what happens in Colorado. Oh, wait, the game was in San Diego. Oh, where they had inclement weather? What the hell's going on in San Diego? 7-2. The Rockies beat up on the Padres. C.J. Crone homered twice. Speaking about, uh, you know, giving a guy an, an MVP award, he had five RBIs. Uh, 7-2 Rockies rune opening day for the Padres. The A's, or should I say the Las Vegas Aviators, <laughs> defeat the Angels 2-1. to Shohei Otani struck out 10 batters in six shutout innings, left the game with a one nothing lead because for some reason the Angels couldn't score off of Kyle Muller, who... Uh, gave up 18 runs in 18 innings this spring. You always say the negative. You never say the positive. And, but he struck out 20 High guys in a row. High school player of the year. 24 strikeouts in a yeah. row. <laughs> like, an Oakland A's team that had six players making their major league debuts yesterday. When I said it was a minor league team, this is legit a yeah, AAA no team. Six players made their major league debut That's unreal. on their roster yesterday. And the, they come back. They score two runs in the bottom of the eighth inning and beat the Angels 2-1. Uh, Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 8-2. This was a lost bet for me. I had, I had Diamondbacks first five innings plus a half a run. Diamondbacks score one in the first. They score one in the second. And, like, you know, it's one of those situations where, like, you know, they got runners on. You wish they could have scored more. But you're happy. You got a two run. I had a 2 nothing lead. With Zach Allen on the mound, and oh, then good. yeah, but then that Will Smith guy happened. Uh, Zach Allen mowed down pretty much everybody on the Dodgers lineup, except for Will Smith in the bottom of the third inning with uh, two outs and a runner on second. A runner on runners on second and third. Will Smith doubles, can't get the guy out. All right, it's a two-two game, big deal. We go through the rest of the lineup. Everything's going well. This is a 2-2 game going into the bottom of the fifth inning. All I need is three outs here, and I got myself a win. I got plus a half a run. And guess what? First pitch of the inning, we get it out. This is a great thing. Feeling good. It's feeling great. Mookie Betts then walks. Freddie Freeman then singles. Okay, it's first and third. I can get a double play and get out of this inning. But who's up? Will 
freaking Smith. Will Smith singles. Mookie Betts scored. There goes my bet. That guy. It's crazy that they kicked. Three for three, I think he was. They kicked Trevor Bauer off the team for his uh, altercation with the woman. But they left Will Smith because he slapped Chris Rock. Yeah, they just let him keep playing. It's unbelievable. Keep my wife's name (laughs) out your mouth. Will Smith is 16th among active players in OPS. Isn't that really good? He's, I never heard of this guy. He's, he's, what do you mean you never heard of him? I've mean, heard of him, but he's, like, he's, he's like he's not Trey Turner. He's yeah. very good. He's very Summertime? underrated. You never heard that? <laughs> <laughs> Miami? You yeah. ever heard of DJ Jazzy Jeff? <laughs> one other one other game it was the Mariners blanking the Guardians 3-0. This one was a pitcher's duel. Luis Castillo, he went six scoreless innings, and Shane Bieber also went six scoreless innings. The Mariners scoring three runs in the bottom of the eighth inning it's just a short schedule here on friday you don't want my best bet for tomorrow you want to go over okay we're about to go over the schedule i'm gonna give a best bet again so here we go i'm gonna do it we got the the mets (laughs) the mets at the marlins which it's like a home game it's like a home series for the mets in miami so many fans there uh david peterson gets the start for the mets against jesus lazardo the mets are a short favorite minus 120 total of seven and a half White Sox take on the Astros. Lance Lynn going for Chicago. Christian Javier for Houston. Houston minus 165 with a total of seven and a half. I like Houston in this one. Okay. I do. Their bats wake up a little. I think their bats wake up a little. I I mean, whatever. Whatever Lance Lynn does, it won't be. It won't look like what Dylan Cease looked like yesterday. I agree. Tell you that. I agree. I think a little reprieve. For these Houston bats. Uh, the Rockies take on the Padres. Padres looking for revenge here. San Diego minus 190 with Nick Martinez on the mound against Kyle Freeland. Total is eight. I, I would think the Padres win like they should. Like that lineup should not be held down. That lineup should not score only two runs. It seems kind of fluky. It seems like when the Padres don't score, you almost want to like bet on them the next game to score. Maybe a Padres team total. In this game, instead of laying 190. I was going to say, any worry about Nick Martinez, who is sparsely used in the uh, the past few years? Yeah, I, I, I mean, he was okay last year. He was he was on Team USA for a while in the World Baseball Classic before leaving the team and going back to the uh, going back to the Padres. He has no stats between 2018 and 2021. Then he just showed up in 2022, pitched again, and it's like. Are we supposed to just trust this guy? I don't, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, uh, I guess he dealt with injuries. But, um, yeah, he's, uh, he, he's, he's an interesting cat. He's back. He's back. He's back mm. in San Diego. He's back. I'm back. Back in San Diego. So this he, is a crazy trend. What's the crazy trend? Game number equals two. Previous game equals loss. So it's the second game of the season, and you lost. That's it. That's the only parameters. If you bet that. Every single time since this database started, you're up 22 units. Wait, say this again? Game two, you lost game one. So, relevant to, you know, all the games today. So, game two of the season, if you lost game one of the season. Yeah, you're 150 and 136. When what percentage is that? That's 53% or 52.5%. Okay. And, uh, you know, money line. Yeah. Plus 22 units. What if you were a favorite that lost game one of the season? Nick Martinez, by the way, spent four years in Japan. Oh, okay. Where he, I guess, recrafted his tools. Ah, figured yeah. it out. You were a favorite in the previous if you, game? If you were a favorite in game one, opening day, yeah. favorite in game one, and you lose, what do you do in game two? You're 55 and 42, uh, but you're down two units. Yeah, that's not good. 
<laughs> so, trying, trying to yeah. look for trends here. Yeah, you're trying to find that. that trying to find spot. the sweet spot, exactly. Uh, Diamondbacks are at the Dodgers. Merrill Kelly, who pitched well for the USA in the World Baseball Classic, goes against Dustin May. Uh, no, that one's not Carrot Top. It's Dustin May on the mound, not Dusty May, the uh, San Diego State San Diego State head coach. Yeah, yeah, no, it's Dust. <laughs> no, Dusty May, the uh, Florida Atlantic. Head Florida coach. Atlantic yeah, is yeah. Dusty May. No, this is Dustin Gingergarden. This is Dustin May who's pitching for the Dodgers and the Guardians at the Mariners. Robbie Ray goes against a uh, fill-in for the Guardians. Hunter Gaddis. This is my best bet, Scott. It's, it might be mine as well. Well, let's do it, baby. Mariners minus one sixty. Robbie Ray pitching game two for the Mariners. I'd argue Robbie Ray is the best pitcher the Mariners have. So he's just like, it's like a one and one A. Yeah, they have two aces. Mm-hmm. He, so you can't say that for Former the Guardians. Yep. Shane Bieber was phenomenal yesterday. He's, he's the only thing mm-hmm. that kept the Guardians in this game. Now they're starting this Hunter Gaddis guy who late in the spring, it was like, hmm, is he going to be at triple A yeah. Or is he going to be in our bullpen? Yep. And now, now they're asking the star. He's, he might even go just like three innings. It was supposed to be Tristan McKenzie starting mm-hmm. game two. He got hurt. He gets hurt. So they're like, they, this guy was like, yeah, I was eating breakfast, and they called me and told me I was starting. Oof. That I mean, it doesn't seem ideal to me uh, that a guy who was expected to be a relief pitcher is starting game two against, again, the 1A for the Mariners. So I think the Mariners' bats look better today than they did yesterday without Shane Bieber standing out there. So uh, I'm going to play Mariners minus 160. I'm going to put my O on the line. You know, I I, I co-sign this nice. play. Let's go! This, this might be a this might be a, a uh, this might be a nice sized play for me. Is a team I, bet? I, I like the du- it's a double best bet. Where are you in on this, Mac? What do you I, think? I don't know baseball, but I trust you guys. Let's do it. Let's do sure. it, man. I, minus I, 160. I, remember last year play. when I remember when I first came out here. And, like, every week on SOV, I was given out an NFL prop. And it started out, like, 9-0. and 0, And like I was, like, a, two or something. it was, like, <laughs> an absurdity. And, I, like, I just kept doing it. And it kept winning. So, it's, like, why not ride it when it's hot? I feel that coming with baseball. So, I'm going to go Mariners minus 160. Let's, keep, let's make it 2-0, and 0, baby. So, I – this might be – sometimes during the year, I will have triple play games, I call them. Now, you're like, Scott, that's a cool name. <laughs> but I call it triple play games, and it's when I handicap a game that I I like I love a team so much that it's just it's not enough for me to bet on them to win. I got to have more on them. It's not enough for me to bet on them to win. I call it a triple play. Bet the first five. I bet them in the first five. I bet them to win the game, and I bet their team total over. You almost did that with the Phillies today, right? Oh, well, I did bet the Phillies. Double, that was a double play. play today. It was a double play. I bet the Phillies first five, and then I bet the Phillies uh, plus 121 on the money line as a good underdog play. Yeah. And I thought they were, they were correlated because I'm like, they're going to score runs. So I'm like, they're going to have a good chance to win the game as underdogs. Listen, they had a 5 nothing lead. I had a plus 121 underdog with a 5 nothing lead. Yeah. Come on. Give me a break. Live line was what, like? Minus five hundred for you, something minus. It was minus three thousand. There you go. <laughs> it really was. Like uh, baseball's crazy. Looking baseball at the live wild. Line. Yeah. I, if I had like one of those like FanDuel DraftKings accounts, like if I was yeah. in a state that operated that, like I could have like the cash out would have been like I could have cashed out like in the fourth inning, before that inning. It's like you're up five nothing. Give me the cash out. And you know what's crazy? It's like think about this. And and I got oh, Garrett Cole is not uh, is much different than Aaron Nola, but when the Yankees were up five nothing. In that game, like when Glaber Torres hit that home run, it felt like, like it was the seventh inning then, so it's a little uh, uh, further on. Um, 
No, Glaber hit the home run in the fourth inning. It made it three nothing. It just felt like the game was over. Felt like the Yankees were felt like the Yankees were never going to lose that game. And then when they got five nothing, it's like, well, now it's insurmountable. But like the Phillies were up five nothing, and it's like, it didn't feel that way. It felt like I was still sweating. Obviously, when they scored yeah. nine runs, it was it was rightfully so. But like, yeah, like when uh, Yankees were up one nothing, I was like, eh, one nothing. Then you start to get a little worried that they're not scoring anymore. But then when Torres hits the home run, it's three nothing. You're like, game over, game over. <laughs> Dude, this case. is uh, like I have a real problem with baseball because every like every run just affects me emotionally. <laughs> like I, I had like a hundred bucks on a game today, and I text you guys like it's, I had under seven. I text you as soon as it's one nothing in the third inning. The first run scores. I'm like, we're dead. It's over. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. We're done. It's like I just I, I just feel like the 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 betting gods are against yeah. me betting baseball. So I feel like it's it, the shoe's about to drop. But I it didn't happen today. So or yesterday. So I'm fe- I'm feeling good today. I'm gonna I'm gonna look to make it two straight. All in all, a successful opening day in Major League Baseball. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try. If you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this, it's all online, it's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Joining us here this morning is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, what's going on? How you doing? Baseball. 
you know, I'm warming up to baseball. Now that the games don't last three hours and 20 minutes, I'm going to be watching more and more baseball. Did you watch them yesterday? I, I actually did. Yeah. Like, and we talked about, you know, Mets home game in Florida. That's yeah, cool. Pretty, That's pretty a much, cool yes. thing. You know, everyone rooting for them. Um, and it seems like every game has either 20 runs or three, which well, is kind of weird. How are you approaching the early part of the season? Like, how are you betting Major League Baseball now? Uh, I always Do like, you live bet baseball? I do, but not nearly as much. Remember how he said, like, if you're live betting college basketball and you're not winning, you're lying. I don't believe you if you get your ducks in a row. If you tell me you're live betting MLB and you're losing, I believe you. Because <laughs> it's hard. It's a lot harder. Um, the I'll say this about my number one take. I used to check baseball scores. I'm like, my God, nothing happens. And now there was a game where literally um, it went – I won Atlanta partly to the over, so I got that one. And I didn't give it out to my clients. I bet it personally. And it was in the sixth inning, and it was 4-2. Mm-hmm. It literally went from the bottom of the sixth to the bottom of the eighth during one Bruce Springsteen song. I don't know. I think it was Rosalita, so it was a long song. But you get the idea. Yeah. I mean, like, how is that possible? Yankees and Giants finished a 5 nothing game in, what, two and a half hours? Quick work. It was, yeah. the, it was like the shortest opening day in Yankees, one of the shortest opening days in Yankee history. Astros-White Sox yeah. game was about the same, two and a half hours. You know, it's quick. funny because there's, you know, there's purists and people arguing. And, and eventually, you know, eventually what's going to happen is they're going to say, you know what, in any game where there's a, um, a four or less run lead, in the ninth inning, we're going to, like, extend the pitch clock for five seconds. I, th- I really think they're going to do something. Well, that's what Scott, I called Scott for. I called like for on, on, on the last trade out of Vegas. I said, if it's a save situation. And there it, you and, go. And I said, if it's a, and then you can, you have to do it for the other team as well, the team that's winning. It has to be so, fair for but, both sides. But we already have, like, when you, you can't just say if it's a close game because how do you define a close game? Well, Major League Baseball already does it for you. Mm-hmm. They define a close game by being a three-run game in the ninth. That is a safe situation. Perfect. So any three-run game in the ninth inning, no pitch clock. No one, no fan is upset with a slower pace of the ninth inning. What we have to avoid is this utter and ridiculous bullshit of a 9-2 game where the pitcher you know, wants to you know, maximize his ERA so he keeps like taking 38 seconds between each and every pitch. Um, I do think that we talked about how some of these pitchers are really not going to like this pitch clock and others are maybe excel with it. We saw some extreme tails. We talked about the Grand Salami, and maybe we want to avoid the under on a Grand Salami. And we saw that where, for the most part, there was a lot of low-scoring games. The Salami sailed over. Why? Because the Ravens defeated the Patriots ten nine, the um, the Argonauts you know beat the Cardinals ten to nine, and the Steelers you know got beat by the Cowboys eleven eight today. There was you know three, okay they're not football scores. What sport would that be? There were three volleyball scores. Yeah, <laughs> I no, there were, there was a lot of high lacrosse. There were three yeah. lacrosse scores. Okay, MLB correlations. Not many people talk about this. So what? people are aware of is that the books, the dastardly books, rightfully so, won't let you parlay a minus one and a half to an over or a plus one and a half to an under. It makes sense. Yeah, you can't parlay a run line and a total. You can yeah. only do money lines. Exactly. But you can parlay money lines, and there are correlations, and here's the correlations you should look to play. You want a road favorite. You don't want a home favorite, all right, because now what happens, you're like, oh, well, the Yankees are big home favorite. I'll parlay the Yankees to the over. The problem with that is if the Yankees win— You don't get the bottom of the ninth. You don't get the bottom of the ninth. Mm-hmm. So you want everything. And where you get everything is you, now you get a road favorite. So you get a road favorite, boom, you parlay a minus like 180 favorite, and you parlay that to an over eight. 
and now you're getting that bottom of the inning. So if your team's up 5-3, boom, you get a – or up 6-2 into the bottom of the ninth, you get that extra half inning, and you can steal it there also. You can go the extra innings, and it can be 3-3, and you can parlay the visitor to the over nine, and you can get there, you know, the visitor in, in the extra innings because um, the road team can score an unlimited number of runs. And conversely, if you play a home underdog, you play the home underdog to the under because if the home underdog wins, you're more likely to get a final score of 4-3 or 5-4 in my example. Um, and if the game ends in eight and a half innings, that the home team obviously wins and it shortens the game. So look to only parlay, cor- play correlation parlays when you have the road team favored. Mm-hmm. And depending on what you like and where you get the good number, look to make some of your bet on the road team, the road favorite to the over or the home team to the under. Do you prefer like a heavy road favorite to the over? Bigger the better. The bigger the better. Bigger like the, the, the better. Bra- so the Braves That's what she said. Yeah. yeah. Braves were minus 260. <laughs> size it's matters. The, it's not the size of the favorite that matters. It's how much you cover by. So the Braves were uh, minus 260 favorites, and the game went over, 7-2. to They scored three runs in the top of the ninth inning to push this game over. That, that's, but that's the benefit that you get of playing the heavy road favorite is they do get that top of the ninth inning to bat, and they're a good enough team that they could score runs. And obviously – if it's 4-2 going to the ninth the and the road team's ahead, the road team is much more likely to put up the crooked number than the home team in the ninth inning because the home team's facing the closer, and yes. the road team gets to rake against some scrum bum, you know, that isn't very good. Um, you know, and the combination of that, I can tell you, anyone who bets runs, run lines knows this, even with a one-run lead, you know, you got plus one and a half, and you got a bad team, you go to the top of the ninth, and you and you get the the home team plus one and a half. You're like, there's so many ways you can lose that bet. It's like the other team can can go ahead and hit you for mm-hmm. for for you know a score in the top of the ninth, or you can rally and tie the game and then get your teeth kicked in. Well, in I dread I, I dread having the road team with the plus runs because when you get that home team in the bottom of the inning, it's like you're you're, you're sweating. I mean, la- yesterday I had the Diamondbacks in the first five innings plus a half a run. To two-two game with one out in the bottom of the fifth. I just need two more outs. Let's end this fifth inning tied two-two. Nope, Dodgers score two runs in the bottom of the fifth inning. Yes, like it's it's just like you're dreading it. You really well, are. It's fine if it's for the game because then yeah. you need a walk off. But in the first five, yeah, the bottom of the fifth, and you got the gas starter that's running out of third time steam. through the lineup is always dangerous. And then they get to the, and then all of a sudden they get a rather rally caps going. Now the top of the order is mm-hmm. raking third number three time against your guy. And he looks a whole lot different than he did in the first inning when he yeah. was mowing them down. Yeah, you feel good if you have a plus one and a half and you have a lead going into the bottom of the ninth inning because then you're just gonna they're gonna walk I, off and yeah, win the a, game if by it's one. It's an act of God. It's an act of God. Yeah, exactly. If a guy hits a was three run, to be a two run shot, a three run shot, and you lose the game by two, it, sure. it, it does happen. I'm just looking at the board here for today, and we I'm looking to see if there's any ha- uh, heavy road favorites that could be parlayed to the uh, over. And nope, there's only one road favorite, and that's the Mets, but it's a small favorite. So I, minus like one twenty. I would strongly discourage you from playing. Home favorites to overs, that is not the – I mean, I'm not saying there isn't going to be potential value mm-hmm. at times, but that's just the, the, the problem, like you mentioned, Scott, is just the negative correlation associated with the shorter game when the home team wins. Yeah. Well, Fez, uh, thank you very much. Enjoy the final four. 
this weekend. Enjoy Major League Baseball and the XFL. There's a new episode of the Fezzik Focus that's up on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed, so you want to listen to that, including a very interesting Fez tale about casino morality. Yeah, it's important. To some. I learned something. I, I thought I was alone, but you guys both backed me, so I, I felt better about well, myself. Well, do you remember the story I told on this very podcast? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if you're... Yeah, but I didn't want to bring it up you, to you. Where I gave back... Uh, well, I didn't give back, but I told the M that somebody left $50 in the machine. Here's the difference. I could have stolen that 50 I know where AJ's going. And I, I could have I, I, I stolen that. But you would be stealing it. Well, here's what you're going to I know you're what you're taking from a player. Yes. Yeah, from, you're taking from one of, one of us. Yeah. Like you're taking from a fellow degenerate or whatever. It's different when you're taking from the house. Exactly. It's, it's, that's the difference. It, re- it really is a huge difference. Morally, I couldn't do it. But the, you, you and I, I could, both I, know. I you and I both and I know. Said, I said free parlay. <laughs> you, 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 you and I both know that what happens is that if you return that fifty dollars, that that player will never go back to ask for it. And it's just going to find it. Its way it just goes. That's what I. That's what I told Scott at the time. I was like, yeah, who, the you know, they ended the, up with the, the guy book. behind the counter. Just put that fifty. Yeah, in, he in just his, made a tip in his breast pocket of his suit jacket. That's what happened. But hey, at least I told him. I said, excuse me, I think somebody left money in the machine. <laughs> yeah, and he said, I'll take care of it. I said, go right ahead. Thank you. By the way, here's my money. Do you want to tell me which team you're betting on? Nope. (laughs) Just take it. (laughs) Family guy. Have you ever seen that, Fezzik? There's an incredible. He's probably never seen it. Family guy episode? You can see the clip on it. There's an incredible clip uh, of Family Guy where, uh, do you you know what Family Guy is? Of course, yes. Okay. There's an incredible clip where Peter Griffin uh, walks into a sports book and he says, I'll take uh, uh, $100. And he's oh. like, do you want to tell me which team? And he goes, nope, just take it. Just take it. It's good. It's all right. It's, it's already a loser. All right, Fez, have a great weekend. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Well, guys, it's settled. There's a champion. It's already decided. There was a champion crowned last night. Yeah. yeah we don't, the like, Conference USA Championship. Yeah, let's, let's forget it. <laughs> no more games need to be played. The North Texas Mean Green 68-61 winners over UAB. Two and a half point dogs. Has this ever? I I wonder if this has ever happened. It well, maybe it's happened in the. Has it happened in the NCAA tournament? Like this was a rematch of the Conference USA Championship game. No, not the championship game. It was a a conference tournament game. Oh, Florida Atlantic won the. uh, Oh, they Florida Atlantic. Yeah, they won the conference. But they did play each other in the in the in the in the conference tournament. This was the fourth time they've played this season. Wow. So uh, very very familiar with each other and uh low told I wanted to bet the over or I wanted to bet the under in this game it lands on the number so I, I ended up <laughs> passing the game uh but I liked North Texas here and good job by them getting it done they they were blowing UAB out at halftime and then a furious comeback in the second half UAB actually took a healthy lead uh but North Texas down the stretch was just better the, their defense is elite it was already kind of known that their head coach Grant McCaslin was coaching his last game at North Texas, they still played hard. Like I, that's something you kind of worry about. Like mm-hmm. oh, these guys know their coach is leaving. Uh, Grant McCaslin taking the Texas Tech job, so it was a a, a nice parting gift uh, for those North Texas fans. And uh, really, a, a, an impressive game all around. This was these were two teams that were really closely matched. One of their games went to overtime this year. Like it, it was, a de- I think it was double overtime. In fact, so these two teams played a lot of games, a lot of minutes on the floor together, and uh, it, it's obvious that these were two 
again, it's obvious that this this conference was better than anybody thought it was, Conference USA. The fact that they win the CBI tournament, they win the NIT tournament, they're runners-up in the NIT tournament, and they, and have, they a have a team 14. in the Final Four. Yeah. And uh, wow. Jelly Walker, who was the fourth-leading scorer in college hoops this year, uh, he finishes a game with 21 points for UAB in the loss. Did that Pete Maravich kid? <clears throat> excuse me. That Pete he Maravich didn't get to play kid? again. Nope. Yes. Never got to got play it. again. So uh, History is right. And th- that also puts North Texas in a tie for third uh, for the most wins in college basketball this season. Uh, North Texas won the same amount of games as UCLA, Alabama, and Gonzaga. Uh, San Diego State also at 31 wins, although they have a chance to win one more. Two more. Or two more, yeah. Uh, Houston won 33 games. They don't have a chance to win anymore. But no one's won more than the Owls of Florida, Florida Atlantic. Atlantic. 35 and 3. Still got a possible two more to go. Uh, but either way, 31 wins for in any season is incredible. So uh, kudos to North Texas for wrapping up the NIT tournament. Let's talk about the Final Four, which will tip off on Saturday. And no, it won't be a prank, even though it's April Fool's. Florida Atlantic and San Diego State are playing a game in the Final they Four. Actually that's, are. That is not an <laughs> April Fool's joke. Like, if, imagine, imagine someone that didn't watch the tournament and has no idea but they have like a generic idea of college basketball. Like, you know, like, and, and, and you're like, you mean hey. like a secretary at an office pool who fills out her office pool and is like, I pick Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, <laughs> yeah, say, like, Villanova. Any, anybody. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, 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 like uh, someone that, someone that just has generic knowledge of college basketball. They know who the popular teams okay. are, right? But they don't watch. They don't watch. They have no idea what's going on in this tournament. And then it's, you know, Saturday and, and they're like, oh, final four games on. And they ask you to say, who's playing in the final four? And you go, Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. And they go, ha nice April no, Fool's really. joke. Like, tell me who's really playing. Yeah, really, who's that? No, it's Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. So we have San Diego State as a three-point favorite in this game, AJ. And really, there hasn't been much movement. No, well, it was two for most of the week until yesterday. It moved to two and a half. And then threes started popping up late last night. So there, there has been some movement all in favor of San Diego State. And that's the side I like. That was my best bet that I gave out on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Well, then that's why it moved. Uh, I think that must be it. Yeah, people started hearing that pod. Uh, but San Diego State, I, I like I, my best bet was at minus two. I still endorse them at minus three. They just force you into taking bad three-point shots. And mm. uh, it, Florida Atlantic is so reliant on three-pointers that they are going to have to take some bad shots. And every team that San Diego State's played in this tournament – falls somewhere between a good three-point shooting team and an elite three-point shooting team. And they have shut them down. Those uh, Charleston, Furman, Alabama, Creighton combined 17% from three. And so San Diego State's already the second-best three-point defense in the country at 27.8, but uh, nearly 11% lower in this tournament. Now, I will say – there's a good possibility that regression comes on that. Like 17% is not a real number. Like that shouldn't be a real thing. Yeah, but if 24% is expectation, that's a win. I, I agree. So, uh, and we saw Florida Atlantic play against the best three-point defense in the country in Tennessee. They got a win, luckily, because Tennessee's offense was completely mm-hmm. broken, but they shot 6 of 23 in that game. I feel like if they shoot 6 of 23 against San Diego State, it's going to be very difficult for them to get a win. 
San Diego State feels more battle-tested right now, beating Alabama, beating Creighton. I would argue those teams are better than anybody Florida Atlantic's beat all season. So San Diego State is the side that I'm looking here. And the nightcap, Miami and UConn, Huskies, five and a half. Yeah, this one, it's the the market won't let this go to five. It won't let it go to six. Like it's it's bleeped or blipped, I guess, and then been beaten right back down to five and a half. Blipped and then it blooped. Yeah, a bleep and a bloop and a blop. Uh, either way, I, I I lean to to UConn here. Uh, you know, Fez said this on the Fezic Focus pod. Don't bet UConn if it gets to six. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you like UConn, bet five and a half. You're probably not going to get a five again, so don't wait around for it. Um, but like San Diego State, they're very good at defending the three point line. But they are they are kind of moldable to what you like. They find okay, what are you good at defensively? That's what we're going to take away. And Miami got a real break against Texas because Texas didn't have Dylan Disu in that game took away their primary rim protector. Miami's first 10 points of the game against Texas all came on layups. If Dylan DeSue was out there, that's not happening. And I promise you it's not happening against Adama Sadogo and, and Donovan Klingon. You're not going to score your first 10 points on layups against UConn. It just doesn't happen. And while Miami's a good outside shooting team, it's not their preference. They're 275th in three-point rate. They're, it's, they're not comfortable doing that. They love a mid-range and rim game. The mid the rim game is going to be taken away, I think, by UConn. Uh, and Texas didn't they have a big comeback with no threes? They did. Yeah, Miami came all the way back shooting long jumpers and, and layups. Right. Uh, but I, I've I've gotten some grief for this. I'll own it because I still believe it. Miami is the worst team left in this tournament. I, I really believe that. I Miami is worse than Florida Atlantic. They're Why have worse you than San Diego that? State. Ken Palm agrees. Well, most people don't, apparently, <laughs> for whatever reason. They played in the ACC. They won the ACC. The ACC stinks. I, got, I hate to break this to you. The ACC stinks. They had an 8% chance of winning in round one. Yeah, a and a 3% chance of beating Texas at one point. Uh, and, and their three-point defense is shaky. Texas shot 40% from three. That's something that UConn can do. I like the over in this game. But there's been push against it. Like I, I actually bet this over at 149 and a half. It's currently sitting at 148 and a half. So I'm not sure where what people are seeing that makes them like uh, the under. I know that always people will say, well, they're playing in a football stadium. But the truth is, when you look at overs and unders played in football stadiums, it's about break even. So to me, it's all more about the matchup. And this feels like two over teams right now, especially Miami got to the line 32 times against Texas. UConn fouls a ton. They are going to let Miami get to the free throw line. So I think there's points galore in this. I like the over in this game more than I like a side. But I think we get a UConn-San Diego State championship game. And you I'm think gonna, San Diego State at 4-1 to one is the best value to win it all? I do. I do. I, I, I don't want to bet. When there's four teams left, even with whatever the, the thought is that, well, there's UConn and then these other teams – Having an odds-on favorite in the Final Four doesn't feel right to me with this group. Uh, I've seen UConn in stretches play like they're the best team in the country this year. I've also seen them play like they didn't belong in the tournament. They lost six of eight games in Big East play at one point this year. But that said, they have not lost a game outside of Big East play all season long. In fact, they have not failed to cover a game against a non-Big East team this season. So uh, very impressive non-conference play this year from UConn. And obviously, these next two games, should they play two of them, will be against non-Big East opponents. All right. I have a lean here. 
Give it to me. That might actually turn into a play. Let's go. Let's talk it through. Miami in the first half. Here's why. Okay. I, I know what you're going to say. Is this Ramadan related? It is Ramadan. And Adama Sonogo, I don't care about the other two players. There's three players on the UConn team that are fasting. Uh, two of the players barely play. Uh, Diara plays eight, played eight minutes against Gonzaga. Johnson played three minutes against Gonzaga. But Sonogo is their key player. And this game is scheduled for 7.49 Central Time. The players will have nine minutes from the time of sunset to the tip-off, assuming this game tips off on time. That's to eat and drink for the first time since sundown the day before. I wonder if they will. I, mean, I could see someone saying I, I don't want to you know, stuff my face right before the game. Well, last weekend, the players were not able to eat or drink anything until midway through the game against Gonzaga. The training staff prepared peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, really? cool. fruit stuff that's like quick, easy digest. Easy, yeah. They they prepared a bunch of easy digestive digestive stuff that they can eat quickly, digest quickly, and also um, they uh, fluids galore so that they can hydrate. Sonogo played twenty six minutes during that Gonzaga game, ten points and ten rebounds. Here's what I'm thinking: if this game does not if this game doesn't start on time and it's pushed back for any reason first game goes into overtime whatever i love yukon first half yukon but if this game starts on time i think sonogo starts slow and i don't think he pushes himself and goes 100 100% until he gets something in him do we like first half or do we like first to 10 or first to 15 maybe maybe that's what it is uh because you know Look, the guy, and I think what happens is he's got a routine down. The Connecticut Insider reported that he's been fasting since high school. So he's used to this routine of, I guess he eats like at like 4.30 in the morning, like right before the sun rises, and then you fast during the day. And then as soon as sunset hits, then you're allowed to rehydrate and and, and eat. So... I, I, maybe this, maybe there's something to them, him, him specifically starting off slow. I don't hate the handicap, and someone tweeted at me about it today, or excuse me, yesterday. But and, again, when people say three players from UConn are fasting, right, right. two of them barely play. So I'm not even going to like go about I'm only talking about Sonogo here. I would like this if they weren't playing Miami, who's been notoriously slow starting uh, in these terms. Like, remember, this team was down 45 to 27 at halftime yeah, against yeah, Texas. Yeah. Like, and, and speaking of that first to 10 race, I, Miami got up 8-0 on Texas and lost, and the, lost the race to 10. Like, I just don't trust Miami early on. It takes them a mm. while to settle mm. into their offense. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't advise this play. I understand the handicap. I see where you're coming from. I, if it were an, from AJ. if it were another team, I'd be like, "This is good." Although San Diego State has some some guys as well who are uh, in that in that same boat, uh, but I, I I cannot sign off on it with uh, Pico signed your Mariners like playing. I know I feel bad about this. Will not return the favor. Can I go like uh, what logic wins though? Do we have a Sonogo player prop? Seventeen and a half points. Mm. Only ten against Gonzaga. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot for a tired and hungry guy. 
Yeah, but boy, you're playing a, a defense that is very, very haveable. Yeah. Here. So, uh, and remember, they only have one big in Omir, and when he's in foul trouble, Sonogo is ba- it's going to be a layup line. Is it, is, I'll take the under. You want to bet me? You'll take what about under the seventeen and a half. Yeah. No, no. What about what about under first half? Under first half if, is the play I was looking at already. If yeah. if if Sonogo is going to be impacted, is it sixty nine? Any half. Miami players going to be impacted by this? No. No Miami players in And Fez always talks about this. You get help with unders. You get help. DraftKings right now, you can get a 70. Nowhere else. You get those half-point helps when you're looking at unders because the public will, you know, like the But here's the important thing to remember about a guy like Sonogo. Sonogo's probably more important on defense than he is on offense. So, like, him being slowed down in the first half, like – yeah, but it, the, my thing is, is that maybe he doesn't play a lot in the first he might half. Be, yeah, he might be onto something there. Like maybe yeah. Hurley is managing his minutes in the first half until this guy eats on the bench. You know? Well, and not, the, not gonna, it's not going to be on the bench because they have nine minutes before the game. So this guy's going to warm up. He's only averages get ready. seventeen per game. Just like if it's a little bit of a of a downgrade, it should be sixteen. And then the, the one other thing I'll say is, like at least is in regards to the under, and this has nothing to do with the Sonogo props, but. Donovan Klingon is the backup center. This guy, if 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 Sonogo wasn't on this team, everyone would know Donovan Klingon's name. He's a seven-two freshman. He is phenomenal, and he is a fifteen percent block rate uh, this season. So he is a a real beast on the defensive end. So maybe the under is a good way to look in the first half. Like you take away because Klingon is not a. Uh, He's not a guy who's going to put up, you know, a ton of points typically. So, but he is a major impact on the defensive end. So, if they decide, hey, we're going to switch out defense for offense, particularly in the first half when we're trying to limit Sonogo's minutes, uh, maybe this game's a little more of a grind early on. But this is a game. I again, I expect to there to be a lot of scoring. But if you were, if you do want to look at an under, first half might be the way to go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, bud. Uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, 
Are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Well, the race for first place is on in the NBA's Eastern Conference after the Celtics beat the Bucks. You know what? Beat is not a good word. There's got to be there's got to be a better word for this. Oh, they call it shit on. No, there's a better word. <laughs> there's a better word. Um suck the life out, murder, humiliated, humiliate, disembowel? Ooh, maybe that's a good one. Maybe that's that's a right. Good one. Not bad. Yeah. Disembowel. Like, you know, like a samurai where they, where they, they, they cut they, your guts out. They cut yeah, your yeah, guts yeah. in. But you know how what they do is they, they cut your, they, they stick the sword in you and then they do this thing where they go to the side and then up. It's like a, a, a finishing move on Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but what's that called? That It's like a special with a samurai where they cut the stomach. Like that's called something. You know, they, they is it disembowel? I think McKenzie's right. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, disembowel. <laughs> Seppuku. That's a made-up thing. Yeah, totally made up. Does you, just because you know Hara Japanese Hira, baseball players. Harakiri. That's what it is. Harakiri. I it was seppuku. It's a form of, also called harakiri. Okay. Is a form of, je- oh, no, that's suicide. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. No. It's like, you know, the samurai, they stick it in. This guy, he knows some Asian baseball players, and he thinks he's, like, cultured. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason why we're talking about any which way to murder and, and embarrass somebody is because the Celtics... There is a word, we just can't use it. The Celtics beat the Bucks 140 to 99. Uh, what's my math? 10, 20, 41 points? Is this the biggest loss for a top-seeded team in the NBA ever? Like, what's the what's the record for like what's the biggest loss in NBA like ever? 41 points seems like it's up there. This isn't this was unbelievable. Jason Tatum scored 40 points. If Jason Tatum didn't play, the Celtics still would have won. That's unreal. They, right, that's crazy. Because they won the game by 41. <laughs> oh, man. So I guess the Celtics covered as two-point dogs. Yes, they went over the team total by 20. <laughs> the Bucs went under their team total by 20. Oh, boy. It was that... the biggest loss in, in Bucks history, in the Bucks recent history, uh, since the 2021 Heat three years ago in 2021, which I think is telling because it was a playoff rematch. That year and this this game, and the Bucks will pack the paint with Giannis, Brook Lopez, and let you shoot threes. If you hit thirty threes, they're just going to take it. I think Budenholzer's system is very exploitable in that way. That's why, even though the regular season success is what it is, even though they're going to get the number one seed, uh, I I made them even, and I regret it. The Celtics are the best team in the East. I, I adjusted wow. adjusted my power ratings. Uh, the regular season just doesn't mean all that much in the playoffs. You know, Giannis is is beatable. I think, and I think the Celtics can beat him. Well, the Celtics are now two games back of Milwaukee for the one seed and uh, well within reach here with the final few games left of the regular season. The Pelicans, meanwhile, beat the Nuggets 107-88 and in an opportunity to uh, perhaps solidify his, um, you know, uh, MVP status, Nikola Jokic did not play. He did not. So you're saying that Jokic pulled an Embiid. <laughs> Except he didn't do it in a head-to-head matchup. A little different, at least. Oh, oh, okay. But yeah, he, yeah. 
but he decided not to play. It's almost like nobody wants to win the MVP or something. It's like, uh, okay, you're in the lead now. And oh. he did become the favorite now, minus 130. Jokic it's a, it's ridiculous. Because, it's a coin flip. You know what? Someone got the Jokic. Someone was like, hey, <laughs> hey, listen. We, we can't have you But win. first someone got to Embiid, and then he was like, Embiid took the envelope, and then he, he sits out, then he plays, and then somebody brings a bigger envelope to Nicola. <laughs> yeah, maybe Jokic and Embiid have, have, have uh, conspired, and Illuminati just keeps bribing and keeps bribing. I think they both bet Giannis at, like, plus 500. <laughs> <laughs> you know but then Giannis lost, lost tonight by, 40. by 41, yeah, and it's like, it's, shit, Is Jason done. Tatum still alive? <laughs> Can we, can we get 120 to one? You can get him. I wouldn't recommend it. 40 points. They're going to finish the one seed. He scored 40 points. They beat the Bucks. They're going to finish the one if seed. If he goes 40 every game the rest of the way, and they finish with the one seed, you got a shot. All right, you got a shot. Him now, Jason Tatum, 100 to one. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at the schedule here tonight. The Bulls are at the Hornets. Chicago laying seven. Uh, something tells me just don't trust Chicago laying seven points on the road, McKenzie. Yeah, I would. I would agree with you. I feel like the Hornets. I don't know. They're they're like a G League team, but that, that <laughs> yeah, but that means that, that that means they're going to have guys that you know go off on a certain night. Sounds like the know, Oakland A's themselves. beating the Angels last night. Uh. Exactly, <laughs> it's exactly like that. So I I, I like the money line here. Uh, it's an NBA game. Is yeah. expression I use all the time. Plus two fifty seems like a lot for a team at home. All right, the Thunder are at the Pacers. OKC is laying three right now. The Thunder. Are are holding the ten seed like the Bulls holding the ten seed, but they're just one game up on the Dallas Mavericks, so an important game for them. Yeah, I like OKC here. Uh, the Pacers have have thrown in the towel. Uh, Halliburton, you know, sidelined. I feel like this is a, a game uh, kind of like the Kings Blazers, where they won by forty. One team is trying to win. Other team is trying to help them win. Uh, you know, shake hands and win by forty. OKC here for me. Raptors at the Sixers. Philadelphia laying five and a half. Does, does Philly seeing Boston beat Milwaukee? Do they now like chalk like 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 just say mail it in and just get ready for the playoffs, or do they still think that they could improve their seating? Yeah, you may have a point here. I mean, the Cavs are three and a half back; they don't really have to worry about that. Uh, that said, I feel like you know they played this team in the playoffs last year. I feel like they want to have you know a good performance and Embiid. Minus one thirty one MVP it would be a big difference. The Raptors, by the way, best net rating in the league the last two weeks. The Jaka Pertle trade has been the sneaky, sneaky trade of this season. That's really helped them. Well, Magic are at the Wizards. Washington laying a point and a half. Uh, Washington two games out of the ten seed in the East. This would be the only way I can look here. Washington's dead to me. I, I, I'm not talking to them anymore. Uh, the Jazz at the Celtics. Boston laying 13 and a half. Now, that seems like a big number. For a team that just, won, a team by that just won by 40. I agree. Like 41. Yeah. And the trends, uh, as you would expect, if you win by 40 points and then you're favored by 10 plus, you're only winning 45% against the time. I still kind of like the Celtics here, and here's why. If you look at just 10-point favorites the last five years in April, 60% cover rate. The memo has gone out. When they're when they're really trying to tank, these teams are really really good at tanking. But like, my thought is this: if you're the Celtics, last night was like an emotional game. That's a big game. Sure. Like that's a game that they've all had circled for months. Yeah. But also now, now they're playing the Jazz. But also now it's like we have uh, the the one seeds in sight. And you know? I mean, the Jazz are not playing Markkinen. They're not playing um, Jordan Clarkson. They're Playing for Victor Van Benyama at this point. So are the Kings, or a bunch of these teams. So as the Kings, I mean, sorry, the the Blazers. The oh. reason I'm thinking of that game is talk about emotional reaction. They just made the playoffs for the oh, first yeah, time yeah, in 18 yeah. years. Now they're laying 15 points. 
against Portland. But then again, these teams are too bad to back, so I'm kind of caught in between. Uh, I'm going to give you a player prop in this game, and I don't even know what it is. Celtics Jazz? Yeah. Later. Kelly Olynyk over points. Started his career, first four years of his career in Boston. It's not bad. Returning back to Boston, a little emotion. You know, who knows how many more years this guy's got left in the league. You know, he's like 30-something years old now. Like, maybe he just, you know, maybe hugs it out and enjoys uh, enjoys his time in the arena and, and shows out for a little bit. Maybe I, don't, the, I don't mind that. If it's like... Maybe the fan... Maybe he gets like a video tribute or something. That's Averaging like 15. If it's, if it's around yeah. that number, 15, I mean, their team total is going to be... 120. Someone's got to score. And, yeah, like you said, a lot of their stars are sitting out. Somebody's got to do it. Uh, the Hawks are at the Nets. This is a pick'em game. Right now, Atlanta is the eighth seed. The Nets holding on to the six, two and a half games up on, or one and a half games up on the Miami Heat. Sticking in New York, but actually going to Cleveland, the Knicks without Julius Randle are Ooh. in Cleveland to take on the Cavs. Cavs laying five and a half. How big is the Knicks missing Julius Randle, and do we like the Cavs here because of it? It's a very interesting question because, in my opinion, the reason the Knicks are good is because of their guard play and because of their intensity on defense. And Julius Randle is part of that, but I think they're going to be almost as good. And I'm you know, more down on Julius Randle than other you know, appreciators of the league. So this is a good litmus test for me. If the Knicks blow out the Cavs here, it's you know, one more uh, point in my favor that Julius Randle's really good. But he's part of a system with the New York, and not the reason that they're good. Not a needle mover, then. All right, not well, my then, opinion. Then, not, I, you know, a point. Okay, I'll give you another player prop in this one. Then point and a half. Let's go over Jalen Brunson points, because if the, if Julius Randle's not playing, they're gonna have to get scoring somewhere. I don't mind that. Here's why: the reason you beat the Cleveland Cavaliers is not because you're going through Mobley. It's not because you're going through the center of the game. you got to attack them with a weakness on defense, which is Darius Garland. So point guard matchup, I kind of like that. Or or like Emmanuel quickly over points. Yeah, yeah that's actually, that might be better because he's, you know, he went for 40 recently, yeah. and he's, he's going to be still lined at like 10 and a half. Yeah, and without, like, without, uh, obviously, uh, Julius Randle, I mean, Emmanuel quickly just be like, give me the ball. Like, I'm just, I'm just shooting, right? So I don't I, mind that yeah, one. I like that. Uh, Pistons at the Rockets. Houston laying five. We got the Clippers. Oh, that's an interesting matchup. Yeah, Clippers <laughs> at the Grizzlies. Memphis laying six and a half. The Grizzlies right now three uh, three games back of Denver for the one seed. The Clippers half game back of Phoenix for the all important four seed and home court advantage. Do they want that, though? Do they want to be the four seed and play Phoenix in the first round? I feel like the six seed is the prize for everyone. To uh, play against the Kings yes. in the first round? In my opinion, just defensively, that's your best match. That's why the Warriors were losing all those road games. Brilliant. Smart Morty chess. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Can we play the Warriors' money line tonight? Warriors at home against the Spurs? It's going to be steep. It's a system yeah. play. Yeah, let's play it. We lay in minus 1,600? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> let, let's parlay it with something. How about that? I Actually, that's Fez not, would that's tell not you, the system. Yeah, you got to play the it. system. Yeah, Fez also is still paying off Purdue debt. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. I might just, uh, I might sit this one out. Sixteen hundred. If feels it a wasn't steep. for that Purdue situation, I might be like, all right, let's take out a loan. Yeah, uh, 18, I, minus eighteen hundred is no problem. Let's let's try to. I'm going to text bucks. Fez and tell him I want it. Like I'm, uh, give me the Warriors money line. Oh boy, to make what do you get? What are you trying to play? Make two hundred bucks? Yeah, four grand. Risk all right. it all. Yeah, hey, let's do it. Let's just. just Let's do it. Lakers at the Timberwolves. Uh, this is an even spread. Lakers are currently the nine seed. They're a half game back of Minnesota for the eight and the seven. And that's important because if you are in that seven, eight, 
you got two chances to make the playoffs, not just yeah. one. So you can lose that first play-in game and then still have another opportunity to play, whereas if you are the uh, 9-10, one chance, and that's it. Dunzo. Now, this is very important because the Timberwolves are the team that they're chasing. So this game's super important for playoff standings. Do we like... Uh, I like the Timberwolves here. Yeah? I mean, Ooh, okay. This is saying that the Lakers are significantly better. I don't think any recent history would, would prove that. The Warriors, I mean the Timberwolves, I'm sorry, lost their last game, but they won their previous four. Carl Anthony Towns has been a big part of that coming back, fitting in seamlessly. Uh, yeah, I like, I like the Timberwolves here. The Timberwolves won at Golden State. Like, yeah, that says a lot. <laughs> if you do that, I'm, I'm scared of you. Kings are at the Blazers. Sacramento laying 14 and a half. Is Sacramento still playing hard or are they still celebrating their playoff? I feel like Lynch. they're having a little champagne and, uh, you know, some mimosas in the morning. I feel like they're chilling. Uh, this is my gut instinct, but I literally would have to be paid to bet the Blazers at this point. So. <laughs> no Let, if someone helps, lets me do that, if they give me 100 bucks, I'd bet the Blazers. But. So if you had a free bet, you might do it. <laughs> right, right. Okay. And then finally, the Suns laying eight and a half against the Denver Nuggets at home. Boy, we have the number one team, number one seed currently, with the best record in the Western Conference, is an eight-and-a-half-point dog on the road. This line has to mean they don't expect Jokic to play again, right? So Jokic's going to sit out back-to-back games? It's very un-Jokic-like, but uh, that's what the line is telling us. Because, I mean, if Jokic is playing, it's impossible that they could be eight-and-a-half. That would be absurd. So, yeah, this is a... This is a surprising number. Yeah, the second night of a back-to-back is a two-point disadvantage, so this is saying they're four points better. That's just not the case. No. On the ice last night, we had a couple of teams playing spoiler roles. Boy, I talked about the Bruins and the Blue Jackets, and something just didn't feel right about that game because, you know, the Bruins have absolutely nothing to play for, and uh, they won, but they won in overtime. A real just boring game against the Blue Jackets as the Bruins win 2-1. Panthers beat the Canadiens 5-2. Important win for the Panthers. They pick up a good two points. They are still one point back, though, of Pittsburgh for that second wild card. The Penguins blanked the Predators 2-0. Devils beat the Rangers 2-1 in, you know, this game. I said under, right? This yeah. playoff-like atmosphere. This is probably, this is, this Did could, a fight happen? Almost. <sighs> there was definitely a scrum that could have turned into a fight. And Surprisingly, no uh, penalties were called on that. It was, and, and guys were throwing punches, too. But no penalties were were called there. Um, we have right now a situation where Rangers and Devils are right. If the season ended today, they'd match up in the first round. Devils, though, are one point back of Carolina for first place. The Hurricanes losing to the Red Wings. Detroit just playing spoiler left and right. Uh, Red Wings win 3-2 in Detroit. Lightning bury the Capitals 5-1. And when I say bury, that means that, yeah, the Capitals are buried. I don't think they have a chance to make the playoffs now. You had the Senators beat the Flyers 5-4 in overtime. So Ottawa picks up two points. They are still in the race at 79 points, five points back of that second wild card. Blues beat the Blackhawks 5-3. Then again, so does everybody. The Oilers with a 2-0 win over the Kings. That means that Edmonton, is now in second place in the Pacific Division at 97 points. So if they play the Kings in the first round, they would have home ice advantage. Kraken beat the Ducks 4-1, to one, but then again, so does everybody. Kraken are your first wild card right now, looking like they're going to clinch a playoff spot. And speaking of clinching a playoff spot, even though they lost in overtime, 4-3 to the Sharks, the Vegas Golden Knights become the first team in the Western Conference 
to have a little X next to their name in the standings because they have clinched a playoff spot, even though they were going to get there anyway. Still nice to know. Uh, But they are still two points up for first place in the Pacific Makes five out of six years in their existence that they've made the postseason. That's pretty darn good. Good for us. Uh, Here's what's going on here tonight. The Rangers are at the Sabres. New York is minus 140. I would expect Yaroslav Halak to be in net for the Rangers after Igor Shesterkin played last night, which means I like the over six and a half between the Rangers and the Sabres. Buffalo still has something to play for. You know, they're like seven points back of a wild card. It's They're not dead just yet, but they lose this game. They're likely to be dead. Rangers coming off that loss to uh, the Devils. Maybe they're content with their positioning. Either way, I think goals get scored in this game. Uh, and it's going to be a much much more ice to skate with than what the Rangers experienced last night against New Jersey. It's not going to be as physical and as defensive. Uh, the Red Wings are at and the if you Jets. like an under, and then it happens the way you think, yeah. then it's a good reason to like the over the next game. Yeah. Because the market's thinking, oh, they're worse than expected. No, I actually expected that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Red Wings are at the Jets. Detroit, like I said, has just played the spoiler. Uh, Red Wings have won two straight against playoff contenders, beating the Penguins and beating the Hurricanes. But those games were on home ice. Now they're on the road in Winnipeg. The Jets looking to hold on to that second wild card. They are two points up on Calgary for the final playoff spot in the Western Conference. Can Detroit play the spoiler once again? Winnipeg minus 250. The Flames, who are two points back, as I mentioned, they are in Vancouver to take on the Canucks. Calgary minus 125. And the Stars at the Mullet Arena taking on the Coyotes. Dallas minus 250. Stars right now in second place in the Central, but tied with the Colorado Avalanche. So home ice still up for grabs. Both of those teams three points back of Minnesota for first place. A little less than two weeks left in the NHL regular season. Make sure you guys go to pregame.com and get yourself a daily best bet or season-long subscription and take 20% off using our promo code on the show, AM20. Yes, AM20, because this is S-O-V-A-M. AM20 gets you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com, whether it is a daily best bet package or you can get 20% off a season-long subscription. I think that's the best way to get the bang for your buck. So just go to pregame.com, use the promo code AM20, and take 20% off. For Mackenzie Rivers, A.J. Hoffman, and Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Have a great possible week. AM! 